Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center and Contact Center podcast. We try to give you some actionable items, take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve the agent experience, hopefully improve the customer experience as well. I guess that's really why we're here. My name is Tom Laird. I'm the CEO here at Expedia Interaction Marketing, Expedia Digital, Auto QA, all of our kind of uh, contact center-centric businesses. But uh, Expedia, for those of you who are new, we're about a, a six, 700 seat, not huge, but a BPO or contact center outsourcer. We also do a lot of consulting uh, with, with companies that are trying to move to maybe different contact center CCAS platforms. So that's what I wanted to focus on today. I wanted to talk to you guys about some of I guess my favorite or my rankings, which can get extremely controversial, and I know a lot of people have have a lot of opinions on this, but who do I view as, I don't want to say the best, but have the, the most robust platforms. So a couple things before I get into to that. Number one, a lot of the analysts um, come out with their reports over the last couple of years, right? You have the, you know, the, the Gardner Magic Quadrant, you have the Forrester Wave, you have you have compasses and you have wheels and you have spokes and you have all these different different reports that come out. And some of them I think are 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 close to how I view the market, not to say how I view it as is, is the end all be all, but some of them are way off, right? I mean, like not even close. Like the the providers that you know they have as kind of the leaders, I would not send to any client ever um, on a consulting side. And when you peel back the onion on this, you know, the analyst thing is I think it's kind of broken. Right. All of these, you know, whether you're in, all of them do it. So the nice is the Genesis is the U Jets, the five nines, the variant just had their analyst summit. And, and again, I think that there's the difference between having a, you know, a conference where you're talking about all your tools. Right. And then there's the whole whining and dining of analysts. Right. Taking taking, you know, analysts to Portugal into I think nice took theirs to Machu Picchu, you know, over this past year. Right. So you wind them and you dine them. And there's a little bit in my mind of a skewing of results because it is a little bit of a pay to play, you know, when it comes to some of this analyst. Now, I'm not saying that they're paying people off. I'm saying the overall industry, this is how most industries are, how analysts do the reports is kind of kind of broken. And, and I just want to be that. I don't know, the, the the person who's never been wine and dined on any of this stuff, who just sees it all the time, who talks about it in the industry all the time, who I've taken so many different demos with so many different companies that I think I have a really good feel for how the industry is out there, what's going on. And I want to give my unbiased opinion. Now, having said that too, I know some of you guys are going to say, well, I am a nice customer, right? I do use CX1. 
in our in our BPO. So is there some bias there? Maybe, right? I don't think anybody would disagree or say that Nice is not one of the top contenders anyway. Right? I'm not going to rank it like a top 10. I'm going to just kind of talk about, you know, I think leaders and maybe a group of of, B, uh, of of CCAS providers that are below them, some up-and-comers that I think I don't know enough about that I think people need to check out and I need to check out as well. That's kind of where my my thought process or where I'm coming at this from. Let me also say this. No one that I'm going to talk here talk about here is is a poor or a bad company. Like all of these companies, if, if, if I'm even talking about you, right, that means you've been doing some really cool things, right? Not every CCAS provider is for every single customer, right? It's kind of like if you have you have kids and you want the, uh, like my wife, we've been talking about getting the third row for the SUV, right? So we can, you know, take take our kids, take our kids' friends, right? I'm not buying a BMW sports car, right? And it's the same thing when you talk about contact center and technology providers. You have to find the right fit. And that might mean not that BMW, right? But it might mean a, an awesome Ford. <laughs> I want to just say that too. I, I'm not putting down any provider. I think they're, they're, they're just different use cases and different specialties for, for different companies. So let me, let me get into this now. And I don't think that if you look at any analyst report and they don't have nice and Genesis, and I believe now five, nine as well in that kind of total leader category, we might disagree on who's one, two or three, but I don't think it's even close, in my opinion, right, that those guys aren't, you know, one, two, or three. So I would say that it is the nice Genesis in 5.9, in really no particular order. Those are the BMWs. Those are the enterprise guys. Those are the have every bell and whistle, most of the tools. Um, you know, nice, I love because everything, one of the things they have is I think they have leading technology and most now everything is native to the platform. So they used to be in contact and there used to be nice, right? They came together when, when in contact says, Hey, we have this really good cloud ACD, but nice is really all of these WFM and analytics and all these unbelievable tools. But nice is, yeah, we have all these tools. We don't really have an ACD, but we're prem based. So they joined together to take the best of both companies. And now most of all of the, on-prem solutions have been migrated onto the platform in CX-1 and are now in the cloud. So that makes things really easy from an integration standpoint. Everything is there now. Are they a little bit more expensive? Yeah, I think they are, um, you know, compared to a lot of the other. But I think, again, you you get a lot with it. You know, Genesis and 5.9 have been have been kind of going tooth and neck. Genesis made great strides. I mean, they, they're if, if you if you looked at you know, whatever, say seven, eight, nine years ago, we weren't even talking about them, right? They're they're on cloud or they're they're non-on-prem, right? So their cloud solution has has really done a really cool things. And and I think, you know, even now what they're doing with with some of the AI things is is really cool. Five nine has kind of always been there. And they're kind of been, I don't want to say steady eddy, but they've been up and down. And I think they're up now. If you look at most of these guys, they have some type of AI integration. They're doing some type of backend AI. They also allow you to integrate with any other AI tool very easily. And obviously, you know, any other integrations into you know, CRMs, proprietary systems, banking cores, all that stuff is, 
is pretty much native and, and all that stuff has been built out in those platforms. So for me, I have an enterprise customer, you know, they have maybe a couple hundred seats down to 50 seats, um, down to 30 seats, but they need specialty things. They want analytics. They want workforce management. They have, you know, specific integrations into, like I said, cores, proprietary CRMs, those kind of things. Uh, those are who I'm bringing to demo with, with those customers. Now, the next level, I think, gets interesting, right? Because the next level has some amazing, and, and I think the, the theme of it is everybody has a really great ACD, right? So, like, meaning just the basic format, right? How to route calls, um, skills-based routing, uh, you know, all of that from a ease of use, everyone has kind of figured out. I don't think that there's a lot of differentiation in the space when it comes to everyone's ACD, how you differentiate is the ancillary tools that they have or that they're selling. So, you know, when we talk about that next level, I think you, you really look at things like, like Amazon connect. Um, and let me just pull up my notes here. I want to make sure that I don't say anything wrong. Right. Amazon connect. I, I, I think I, I have, um, Jaded feelings, I think, on Amazon Connect, because if Amazon really wanted to take this thing over, they they could have. And I know I, a lot of people disagree on this, but it, it just seems like they're putting their toe in. They're trying to do what they can, but it's not great, right? It, the user experience is what really struggles with them. You know, the the reporting dashboards, like all that stuff, you almost have to bring in a third party to to get basic, you know, dashboards and reporting. Now they're super cheap and they're kind of on a pay to play. So if you have a, and, th and that might be their model too, right? If you have a really high end, robust kind of telephony team and you can create a bunch of the stuff, you can probably save a ton of money. But for most people moving in the CCAS world, they want to have that stuff already. TalkDesk is, is another company that I think was, if you would have talked to me three or four years ago, they would have probably been in that upper echelon. I think that their user experience is probably the best of, of anyone that I've seen. Um, their ease of use of, of being able to have non-IT people kind of do the platform and utilize the platform is amazing. But again, they kind of drop off again when it comes to, to, to a lot of the tools that they don't have that, that those top three guys do. And I think one that's coming in really hard is, is Zoom and their, their contact center. I think that that is going to be something that they're really making a push to be one of the top tier um, CCAS providers. They're somebody I think I'm extremely interested in seeing more of. Um, there, I think it was Zoomtopia. Uh, was, I, I watched a lot of different videos from there as well. I've never demoed the project product live. I've just seen a bunch of demos um, um, online. and. You know, I think that talking to a lot of friends that I trust and respect, they're very high on on their platform. So that's something that that I'd like to see kind of as we're moving. Something that I I I didn't have. I I did talk about this in a LinkedIn post the other day, and that's kind of what's kind of sparked this episode. But uh, you know, Ring Central CX, right, where they're they're looking at the a fully kind of AI content center is something to be looked at. I think that's really super early into this, into the, into the discussion. So they say they have a lot of things, 
right? I want to see if they really do have those things. What does their analytics look like? What does you know their their generative um, chatbot system seem look like? What do you need to integrate with it? I don't know enough about it yet, but I think that that is something to to kind of take a peek at and, and think through as they've kind of they went from a basically a white labeled CX one product to now you know kind of moving out onto their own, which I think is something kind of interesting that that how they kind of built their model. They were, you know, one of the first kind of UCAS providers and then kind of how this thing has, has really evolved is, is kind of interesting. Um, the I keep calling them up and comers, but they've been around for a while now. And I think there's some really good use cases for them. But, you know, UJet and Dialpad um, have been making some inroads in some waves as well. Um, they're a little bit newer you know, then kind of those legacy, it's funny how you call, you know, 10 year old companies now legacy companies. And, but I think this space has been moving so, so quickly. Uh, but there, there's specific uh, companies that I would bring, you know, UJet, especially a dial pad too. You know, there's some really interesting things that I think that those guys are doing. Been very forward thinking. The technology is there. Here's what I get worried about with, with a lot of the newer guys. And I don't think that this gets talked enough about, but you know, we talk about back in infrastructure, we talk about, you know, being on, on AWS, we talk about, you know, the uptimes of, of some of these providers. And, you know, I know things have really advanced in the in the last even five to six years, but I know how in contact, because we've been a, a very long customer with them, the pain points that they went through when they were growing and scaling um, and, and, and how they, they did go down a lot. Now, I have not been down and probably I'm knocking on wood. You know, the last two to three years, like literally never been down, right? So nice and CX1. I mean, they've really figured that out. I just, that's, those are things, those growing pains, right? That, that I worry about again with, with younger companies. Again, maybe, maybe, you know, we've moved past that with everyone. I, I don't know if we have, but those are some things again that I, I really think about you know, when, when talking with clients that are looking to, to outsource is, is how important are those types through where is a company in their, kind of their, their, the structure of their build um, and the, the scaling of the company and how well funded are they, right? There's been a lot of companies that have struggled on the funding side. So then, you know, they don't roll out with, you know, updates as quickly as they possibly should. And those are other things to kind of look through and, and look, look at as you look at, you know, companies that are almost begging for money at certain points, which, you know, a couple of these guys have done. I think everybody's kind of gotten through that for the most part, but but let's talk about then the two companies that again, you know, Vonage, like Ring Central, used to basically white label CX1. Um, they have really their own kind of product now. I've not seen enough of it. I've heard pretty good things. You know, I'm I'm a Tolaris um, guy, so you know, I, I get and talk to a lot of the people at Tolaris who have they have told me to bring Vonage into to more deals than I probably have. So that's that's a company that I need to look deeper at, harder at. I don't, I shouldn't, you know, I don't have a really good opinion, you know, positive or negative there, to, just to know that they've done been trying to do some really cool things. And another company, and I think I believe that they are a European company uh, that is coming now over to the states, which is Content Guru. This is one that every analyst report they were there, so which means that they probably had some money to give to get there, which is saying something. Right, especially for someone that I've never heard of, which 
it almost surprises me that there there are some things like in this space that I haven't heard of from 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 you know talking about kind of the larger players, but I've never seen a demo that it's something that I need to reach out to those guys. I want to see more, see what they have to offer. I've not even really heard anybody utilizing them, but again, I think that they're making a strong push to come here into the states, and and I'd, I'd love to see what what they have. So. Those are kind of my, again, my, what did I say? Like nine, eight or nine companies that, again, I would I would feel pretty comfortable talking through other than, you know, again, content guru Vonage, like where I don't know enough, you know, but those six or seven that we talked about from from kind of the BMWs to, you know, the really, really good companies. Maybe, you know, if you, if you don't need, I don't need analytics, Tom. I'm a 20-seat center. I'm a 25-seat center. I'm a 40-seat center. I don't really need workforce management. We have that already taken care of. Um, I don't really need, you know, analytics. All I need is a really good ACD. I need multi-channel or omni-channel and uh, maybe a QA platform. Then you don't have to go to the most expensive deal, right? You can u- utilize because these providers are really, really good. And you're you're not paying for all the bells and whistles then. But if you want all the bells and whistles, it's there too, right? I want workforce management, analytics, um, agent assist, uh, real-time analytics, uh, advanced report. Like I need everything that's there too. And you're going to pay a little bit more, but the products that you're going to get are going to be there. So again, it's, it's not a one size fit all. And I think a lot of companies are trying to differentiate, differentiate themselves that way. Uh, making sure that, you know, they're, they're, they're not competing maybe with the nices and the Genesis and the five nines. And they want to kind of go their route with, with a, a smaller enterprise type customer or you know, somebody that, you know, has a bunch of tools already uh, that they don't want to give up, but they just want to, you know, have them slapped onto the ACD, th- those kind of things. There's, there's a place for that. Let me throw this at you guys too. And I'm going to pull this up from my LinkedIn because this shocked the living heck out of me yesterday when I posted this and my friend, Eric Krause sent me the, the T-Tech investor, or analyst report for third quarter or their earnings report. I'm sorry, not their analyst from their earnings call. Two things absolutely stuck out to me is number one, they said, and this is speaking of AI, most companies are not ready for AI. Um, all impl- most implementations primarily have been pilots. Many clients are seeing the benefits. However, they lack the technology infrastructure data readiness and the confidence that these initiatives can can scale in a cost-effective and reliable manner. I've been saying that from the door. If you take take the end of 2023, take the beginning of 2024, you have to prepare yourself for AI. You can't just go buy a solution, slap it on. Number one, you have to have a robust KMS platform that is set up and ready to go. Right? You have to have access to your data in a in a format that can be utilized, right? So currently it's some platforms will allow you to use voice, but for the most part, it's call transcripts. You, you need to have transcripts. And the third is as many integrations into your data as humanly possible. Right? Those are the three kind of first things you need to do before you even think about AI. People aren't even talking about that. Um, it's a, to a detriment. Vendors aren't saying that more. They're basically just saying, hey, buy our stuff and we'll figure it out with you. But start to think about that. Data readiness, data readiness, data readiness, right? We access to data is everything. And you have to make sure that that you know your data, your integrations, and also your access to this information is is readily available. 
This is the one that absolutely blew me away. And they, T-Tech says, the findings of our reach, recent AI benchmark study reflect the current limited state of market and client readiness. For example, one, for businesses to unlock the full benefit of AI, they must move to the cloud. However, almost half of the respondents to our study expressed concern about their technology platform readiness, and only a small fraction are operating at a scale in the cloud. Right? So a lot of you think my technology, we're, we're so technology technologically non-advanced, we're behind. If you're in the cloud, you're probably way ahead of the game, right? So if you're still on-prem, don't even think about AI, like you have you you have to move to to a, such a different level to get to that point, and I think that there, that's a real holdback. And I I don't realize I guess I did not realize that there's still a vast vast community of people out there that are still operating on prem that have not moved to the cloud. And I guess it makes sense to me, you know. Now that I when you really think about it, it's just like and I guess at least in my world, you know, working with auto QA. So many organizations, like I had no idea there were so many that are still using Excel spreadsheets for, for quality assurance. And there's an opportunity there to help those companies out to get on kind of this, kind of this technological bandwagon. But yeah, I think that really stood out to me, you know, in the, in that T-Tech call to say, Hey, most clients, they're not data ready. And to be honest, they're not even in the cloud. Right, which which again <laughs> totally totally blew me away. So all right, guys, that's what I got. I, I think again, this is for I would say the end of 2023, first and second quarter of 2024. If you're listening, that's probably when this is all viable. Things are gonna change so fast that it's gonna take until you know, or just until you know, spring of next year. And you know, we'd have to relook at all of this stuff again with all the technology that's coming out and, and where things are moving. I think it's almost at a you know, a quarter by quarter, um, how, how quickly things are moving. So I hope that that this helps you. I hope that this kind of, uh, you know, lets you think about, Hey, not everyone, it's not a one size fits all. And, and also if you need any help with, with any of this stuff, if you need any help with, with finding a provider, please, you know, DM me, um, on, on LinkedIn, I'm more than happy to, to help. I don't charge anything for it. You know, in full transparency, we get, paid on the back end by the providers, whoever you choose, everybody's about the same. So whatever consultant you use, um, you know, it's, everybody's pretty much agnostic. They just want to find, I'm sure there's some, a little bit of shady things that go on out there, but for the most part, for anyone that I've talked to, they just want to put you in the right platform for your company, make you a long-term customer. Um, and, and that's kind of what I would love to do for you too. If, if there's anyone that, that has any need. So again, thank you guys very much. I will talk to you next week. I'm going to try to do a one episode before Thanksgiving. So probably next Wednesday um, and, and maybe do some kind of special episode with that as well. So thanks guys. And I will talk to everybody next week.